0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley and 12.
1: this is Agents Influence Podcast.
2: This is insurance in
1: your own words. Roger Ten Four. So here we are, guys. This is like the ultimate dynamic. Um, group right here for for everybody, and so I'm just gonna kick it off because there's no other way to do it. We're all sitting here kind of looking at each other, so I'm gonna just gonna say this is the trio of some of the best podcasts in America. Now, when we say some of, because there's a lot of podcasts, but when we talk about the insurance industry, these are the three best podcasts. So I'm gonna t- I'm just gonna kind of act like I'm in charge here because I'm really not, um, but I'm just gonna say this is Jason Cass with uh, Agents in influence And uh, Joey?
2: Joey Jingola with Insurance in Your Words.
0: And Ryan Hanley from Agency Nation Radio.
1: Now, I know you're listening to this right now and you're thinking yourself, oh my gosh, I got
0: these three guys on the same airwaves.
1: You're right. This is the day that you pressed play and is going to be the best day of your life starting right here. So here we are. Hanley, you know this. Joey, you know this. Uh, there's a lot of talk about insurance in your words, huge amount of talk agency nation, um, through trusted choice, which is what all you agents out there need to be. If you're not, and all, all of this stuff here, and I'm sitting here thinking we need to get together guys and do this together. And so it took us a while to put our schedules together, but here we are. I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. Anybody else got any thoughts on it? I'm prepared to say five words of the whole time between you and Ryan. He already said six ladies and gentlemen. He just said six right there. So, um, you know Let's let's get right to this Ryan. Give us give us two minutes. What have you been doing every day? What are you doing every day right now?
0: Oh, that's a good question. So I uh, I'll tell you the biggest thing that I've been doing is launching agency nation university and our new kind of course community zero to sales Uh, that's been a pretty large endeavor for me and um, the other thing is I debuted two new keynotes this month, one was called uh, How to Sell Insurance to Millennials, I debuted that at uh, the Big Eye of Arizona's annual convention, I'm doing it again um, in October for North Carolina uh, at their annual convention and then for uh, Vertifor, uh, I did a presentation called uh, Lean into the Future of Insurance. How independent insurance agents uh, evolve from survive to thrive in the modern insurance marketplace. So it's all about, uh, it really talks about uh, disruption and what that actually means to our industry and how we monetize disruption as independent insurance agents.
1: You know, you've told me a little bit about that and I think that's that, that it sounds like it rocks and actually we're going to have him do that at Grow Lab um, on September 8th in Chicago. But, you know... I, you're killing it out there, Ryan. And uh, you know, another thing, real quick, is a little shout out. Um, uh, Vertifor, Vertifor, truthfully, is doing a lot of stuff right now. I mean, they really are. I'm not. I'm not downing Applied or any of the others. I'm just saying that Vertifor is right now on the ground finding agents and creating real life, true stories out of the people they're finding. Are, am I wrong, Ryan?
0: No, I would say that. Um, you know, and again, this is in no way a knock on any of the others. So by saying what I'm about to say, I'm not. Um, I'm not making an indictment of any other uh, agency management system, but I think Vertifor as a company has really focused on their customer and not their product. And it is dynamically changing the way people view it as a technology company and the way they develop products, the way that they distribute those products, how they integrate themselves into the community as a whole. Um, again, this is something that, 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 I've been preaching for a long time in the insurance industry and it's kind of cool to see one of our major technology vendors, um, actually uh, the largest technology vendor that we have in our industry, taking a a kind of human-centric approach versus the classic product-centric approach which is where, you know, look at all the things that my tool can do, look how amazing we are, our coders can make it do all these amazing things. Um, uh, Their approach has been, at least in the last few years, um, deeper connections with their people and trying to build the product around the people that actually use the tool. I think it's an incredible approach. It's something we all can learn from, and it's why I felt inc- incredibly honored um, to jump on an airplane and spend some time with them uh, last week, actually. Fantastic.
2: It's such a crazy idea, right?
0: Well, it is It is a crazy idea, um, and I'll tell you why. It, I know that you say that in a facetious way. Uh, 100%. But... Um, <laughs> But and in, and in, in I don't think you're wrong in saying it that way, but it is it is an incredibly disruptive idea because it is it is the nature of a corporation to be selfish and self oriented, right? It is the nature and and you have to say that. look at every industry, right? Why do we hold Apple up? Why do we hold Zappos up? Why do we hold these companies up as these bastions of of uh, uh, of commerce in the in the modern marketplace? The simple fact is they think about their customers, right? Like yes, thinking about your customer can sell more stuff, right? So Imagine that. Right? Amazon, you look at Amazon, right? And people go, you know, the only reason they built all these algorithms and the fact, you know, that if you bought this, then they know that you also do this and what uh, Target knows when your wife is pregnant before she does, you know, based on the things she's buying or something, right? I mean, all these things are not meant, they're meant to sell more obviously, but but in truth, they're designed to create a better customer experience. They're designed with the customer in mind. And then when these things go wrong, that's the really bad stories you hear. And the companies that are struggling with this, the reason that, that Walmart had to go out and buy Jet.com is because Walmart hasn't figured this out yet. Walmart still thinks that if they go mass scale, lowest common denominator in price, that that's enough to pull people in because that's what they do well. And what Walmart kind of forgot for a while is what their customers actually want, which is uh, a more personalized and sophisticated uh, experience with that wholesale environment. And, um, you know, so this, it, it is in and of itself a disruptive idea that you would think about your customer first and their needs.
1: You're big on that disruption right now, and I and I and I think that that's uh, I think that's really really important. Um, and I and I want to get back more to that, Ryan, because you and I have talked a little bit um, about who really is the disruptor, and that's what I want to swing back to, Joey. Real quick though,
2: um, what have you been doing the past couple weeks, man? How you been uh, shaking this industry? I've just been fighting boredom, waiting for open enrollment to start, man. I don't know, just doing podcasts with you. It's kind of about it. I I'm very, I lead a very uninteresting life, so it really put me on the spot with a terrible answer. So until November first to
1: March first, you're like
2: busier than all of us combined
1: uh january 31st is when it ends but yes okay well you can tell how much health insurance i sell so yes um but that that's cool so that's it joey so you've been out with the family you've been doing some stuff you got insurance in your words how that how's that
2: going this is weird. You're interviewing me about a podcast that you. I feel like you're leading me into questions. Like you know how it's going. No. I'm like come on, no, don't lie to these people. We're gonna get uh, deep think, into this stuff here
1: in a minute, but I just want to just kind of rough the feathers a little bit. I
2: I, uh, I don't like talking about myself. Uh, I think it's going well. I don't know. Do you like it? I mean, you're my boss, so you can tell me if you. Whoa, like whoa! It. We're not even allowed to use that word inside the insurance alliance. But yes, no, 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 no. Let me ask this question, Ryan. Have you listened to an episode of the show?
0: I have. No. One, one episode. That's All right. Thank you. And I we got was, a new one. I'll tell you, I listened to one episode, I said, this is really good, and now I just tell people about it.
1: Thank you. That's all we do. And I'm going to be honest with you. I do listen to Agency Nation, but what I do, and this is just absolutely the uh, truth. If I'm uh, once I run out of insurance, in your words, then that's where I jump over to Agency. And your, and if you don't know, he uh, he releases two a week like an animal. So I'm like I can't keep up. But anyways, here here's what's here's what's great. Uh, just a little side note. We do have another one that we've actually already recorded that we're bringing out. It's kind of for more the high level um, executive big thought people. It's called uh, Listen In.
2: And hey, hey, did we firm that up? You're just throwing things out. Is that a, it's official now? Whatever. That's it's what official it's because Bye. it's what
1: we did. We already did one, and 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 we did one, and it's called Listen In, and it's basically Joey and I having a conversation, and you get to listen in, and you guys are gonna love it because every time we have one, we're gonna be in a different scenario. So just no that's doubt. Let's not, not spoil the movie magic. Here. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. This, I'm building Jesus, it up, I'm, Joey. This is getting ridiculous, Joey. Here. I'm building it up. Okay, you think you'd so
0: you'd be used to this by now, being in business with him yeah but well, when, you know when, you when, you, dude, dude. you gotta you gotta play
2: it up for the audience right people are listening you gotta pretend like I'm surprised right now they have no idea
1: what it is. they're wondering what the heck listening is, so that's that's what we're going for. so let's start with the big thing right now. I mean Hanley, I'm gonna have you open it up because uh you are the big mind big brain, and I'm being serious about that is uh you 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 operate on a different level. We actually, if I don't you know found if that's
0: out, no, it I, is. Joey actually is true. probably smarter than both of us combined. I'm just loud. Yeah. We're just louder than he is.
1: Okay, a lot of truth there. Yeah. But here's the difference, though, Hanley. I was watching Good Morning America this morning, and they say that they've discovered um, uh, uh, radio waves from a planet that's like 94 million miles away. Yeah. I think that's your home. That's how big you are. Right. That's how big and far out you are. That's you. So, Hanley, tell me more about this disruptor. You've got this thing. Right now, that you've had for a while, and I know you've been working on this. We've had some Starbucks coffee over this stuff, and and recently you've called and said, "Cass, I got it figured out." You've laid down this track to other agent or to other associations, and I mean the the industry's blowing it up over it. Tell me about this disruptors and your new thoughts.
0: Well, so this is a, this is a fairly big topic, and I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna just I'm gonna scrub one thing that you said in there. You said that I have it figured out. I, I, I certainly do not have it figured out. That's true, out. okay, that's um, cool. But I do I do have uh, some theories on what's going on. Uh, it obviously is very interesting to me. I, I work for uh, a technology company in the insurance space, so uh, it is very interesting to me what's going on with all these startup companies that are coming into our industry. And you know, I, I wanna be ahead of, which ones are going to make the biggest impact? And, and this has been happening for a long time. And a lot of our uh, uh, more experienced members in our industry will, you know, either embrace it and be interested in these things, or they tend to shrug it off and say, you know, there's always been there's always been disruptors and in, in quotes uh, that have come into our industry and tried to, you know, tried to take away what we've been doing. And people have been kind of. Uh, prognosticating the demise of the independent insurance agent for a long time and obviously I am for those that don't know incredibly invested in the independent insurance industry not only because I was an independent insurance agent for eight years and now you know every client I have is an independent insurance agent my wife owns an independent insurance agency so you're (laughs) surrounded dude you can't get away from it if you wanted to yes the uh, the success of this industry is uh, is how we feed our family here in this household so uh, that being said I do think that things have changed uh, in the last half decade, the speed and pace at which money has flowed into our industry from outside um, entities uh, such as venture capitalists and angel investors and that kind of stuff has uh, has been exponential. In fact, uh, in the first half of 2016 alone, there's been over $1 billion invested in insure tech startups. That's $1 billion with a B. So, if you are one of those people, and you're most likely not listening to this podcast if you are one of those people, but if you know someone who, who, who kind of shrugs this stuff off and says, you know, these, these guys, they don't get it, they'll never understand, you know, our business is different, we're local, my clients don't go on the internet, I mean all the crazy nonsensical things that we, excuses that we make for, for kind of uh, putting our head in the sand when it comes to these guys. Venture capitalists do not invest a billion dollars into anything uh, if it doesn't have a chance at winning, right? Well said. So so these are smart people, probably smarter than the three of us, certainly smarter than most of the people listening to this show, I'm sure. Uh, These are very, very smart men and women who, who have access to incredible amounts of money and cannot just piss that away. So when they invest... You know, when, uh, when when Lemonade gets 14 million or 13 million, whatever they got, and Goji gets 17 million, and uh, Policy Genius gets another 30 million, that's not like chump change. That's 30 million dollars. You're right. So they are, the, these venture capitalists, you know, if you're looking at it from that, they see something here. Now, what I'll tell you, and, and this is kind of the crux of, of where my brain has come on this where i think we make a mistake as an industry is that we focus on the technology right we look at policy genius and we say all they really are is a life quoting platform they have some um some uh quote to bind in 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 home and auto and in life and that's really what they are right they're just an agency with um a decent brand and a quote-to-bind system and um, you know it, it is easy to discount it's easy to discount what they're doing based on that because yes that technology is not mind-blowing but when you really think about it what's, make, what's, what's drawing the attention of insurance consumers today is not the technology no one, no one, gives a, no one cares about technology technology is not what anyone cares about what these companies are doing are finding the gaps in the customer experience. To go back to where we started this conversation, what Lemonade and Trove and Metro Mile are doing, are finding gaps in the customer experience that we've created ourselves as an industry and are starting to exploit them and that's why these companies have a chance. It has nothing to do with technology. If Travelers Insurance or Safeco Insurance or Progressive Insurance wanted any one of these technologies, they could come in and scoop them up and they would be gone, right? Or they would be integrated into their model. The issue is that it, it's not a technology issue. It's a philosophical belief in customer experience first, and that is the place that these uh, entities are actually disrupting. It has nothing to do with technology.
2: Joey, what are your thoughts? I think you're right. It's more of a, like you said a culture, right? Like they just have, they're driven to do something different and the, the experience. Um, the Ryan's holding up a baby pacifier. It's really throwing off the. You entire can't bust process, him out but, for yes. that. You yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> can't <laughs> throw me off my train of thought and make me. just <laughs> Dude's waving was, a pacifier in my face. Like, what am I gonna do? I was sitting here uh,
0: talking, like just holding this in my hand while I was talking. All of a sudden, I got done talking. I looked down and I go, "What the hell am I holding?"
1: Yeah, you guys can't see. We're on video and, and Hanley's holding a binky
2: or a pacifier. We call it binky in we our house. Banker, we yeah. call, we call, call it call, a binky, too. Oh, I, I the more. I went, with a, I went with a more common term, I thought. I, I thought that was more acceptable. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was yeah, funny. Jesus. Uh, amateur hour over here, I swear to God. Um, anyways, uh, great the, radio. I, the, the idea that um, I think where they, they're looking, they have the mindset of they want to create this experience that we are like immune to for whatever reason, they're immune to the, the thing that we do the best, right? Like they don't even want to acknowledge it or think that it exists. So I think it's it, until they come to that realization, we come to that realization, I think it's still going to be broken in some pretty big chunks.
0: This isn't even, the, we're not even halfway through the first inning. To go into a baseball analogy, we're still in the top of the first year because what you just said is absolutely the truth. Where uh, someone like a, Let's just take let's take a Policy Genius or a Goji or any of these other comparative rating or uh, platforms or whatever. Uh, what where they're um, uh, neither one are actually comparative rating platforms. They're uh, they're both kind of agencies to a certain extent at this point. Um, where they are, uh, where they miss the mark is that local human relationship, right? So they're really good at front-end customer experience, great brands, policy Genius is an incredible brand, they've done a great job with their messaging, they got good marketing people in there and and I'm not knocking them for that, I mean they have good people in there with good minds that are doing good work, Uh, they're building an email list, they're good at email, they're driving people into their site. But the truth is there's always gonna be a disconnect until you can take what the independent insurance agent brings from a relationship standpoint and a loyalty and a trust standpoint and you can merge it with this technology driven customer experience. right? Uh, so there are companies that are starting to figure this out. If I'm, if I'm an IA and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all the different disruptors that have come into the market, I'm a, I actually think the two that I would be the most nervous about, If my, if my life was selling insurance policies the two companies I would be the most nervous about are CoverHound and Insurion. And the reason for that is these are, these are independent insurance agencies. The only difference is they don't have physical locations, but they use human beings on the phone, licensed professionals with in some cases, five, 10, 20 years experience to sell policies. They also have that incredible front end customer experience. So you are, so they are starting to mash up these two ideas of loyalty, of trust, of respect, of the kind of human connection with great front-end marketing, technology, and customer experience. And and when I think about the marketplace, I think, wow, really Insurion can go as far as they want in the commercial insurance space, and CoverHound can do go as far as they want in the personal lines insurance space, because they're not passing the commissions through, they're writing the business, they're a true IA, but they're doing it with human beings. And... Hmm. Um, and it's a scary model to me, an incredible model, an absolutely incredible model, but scary. And it's why uh, Ace gave Coverhound 33 million. Ace gave Coverhound 33 million, or was part of a group that gave Coverhound 33 million because they know what they're doing. I mean, these guys yeah. are smart. Now, I'm, I, they make mistakes like anybody else, but but these are smart people that are starting to meld those two pieces. And uh, wow. that's why I think they're the biggest, the biggest players.
1: I can't. I can't give any examples here. So I don't. I don't. I just believe that the technology is not here yet. I don't know if it'll be here in a year. I don't know if it'll be here in five years. But to truly bring that local, organic, trusted in your community, while yet still being able to buy an in insurance in a completely different way than we do today. Um, I have a, uh, a podcast with Daniel Burris that's yet to be released. You, it may be released by the time this is out. But one thing that he said that has always, always amazed me back in 2013 when I, when I interviewed him, for you guys don't know, he is a futurist and he's very, very accurate. If you read his books from the 80s and 90s, he's very, very accurate. And one of the things he said was is that if you continue to try to change your business, you're actually going to fall further and further behind. And here's where I'm leading back to what you said, Ryan, is, um, is my thoughts is is that when we were at an eight track and we went to the cassette tape, that was a change. When we went from the cassette to the CD, that was a change in the music industry. But when we went from the CD and we went to the smartphone and I could get it at any time I wanted, any song immediately, uh, real time, that became a transformation. And so sometimes I see these guys and, and really at the, and I could be wrong cause I don't know all of them guys. I don't know all of them. But what I see out there is I see it's almost just like going from the eight track to the cassette there. I, I don't think that consumers like the way that they have to buy insurance today. local-
0: Well you're Regardless talking about the difference local. of innovation and disruption. So really what you're defining is True. the difference between innovation and disruption. So uh, eight track to cassette to CD, those were innovations. They were small process-driven um, uh, improvements to a process that really different change didn't change. When you talk about the um, iTunes and the digital digital music that you know now, all of a sudden you have a thousand songs in your pocket or whatever. That was a true disruption to the insurance or to the uh, music industry. Sorry. So, uh, so you make a good point, right? When you're looking out over the landscape of Uh, disruptors in our industry and and disruptive you know disruptors aren't just companies right it can be a new technology it can be a new process it can be a new expectation by consumers there's a lot of different ways that our industry could be disrupted autonomous cars right autonomous cars could completely now is it here today is it not here today will it ever really be here but when you think about it right it will be here that's a true disruption when that hits when that hits our marketplace the way auto insurance is sold will change significantly. How it will change, I have no clue, I'm not that smart, but I do know it will change. And if you are sitting, if you're a 35 year old uh, personal lines producer and you plan on being in this this industry for 30 years, you need to step back, open your mind, and figure out how you're gonna adapt your business for autonomous cars, because in your career, your, your book of business will be rocked. That might mean, that might mean figuring out partnerships, becoming part of uh, finding carriers that are seeking out solutions already. Uh, that might just mean going horizontal, you know, cross-selling everything, getting into commercial lines, adding other services to your agency like real estate or, or something else, right? So there are many different ways of, think, of, of, of making sure that your business is still around. But he, here's the people that are gonna have a major problem with this, and, and this is another thing that actually Cass, you and I have talked about quite a bit, is that our industry is filled, filled with technicians. People who just love writing insurance and are good at insurance. Those are the people that are gonna get mowed down. <laughs> You're right, They're no better get word mowed than mowed down. Yeah. Because here, to a technician, a technician seeks to find a straight insurance, insurance solution to the autonomous car problem, an insurance business person says, how do I adapt my business to handle this wave, right? the the insurance technician wants to stand tall and be the lighthouse in the wave, and the insurance business person gets on a boat and rides the wave faster and farther than they've ever gone before. And uh, that's a that might not be the best analogy. That was a good I analogy. Was, that was that's pretty good. I was, I was with you. Yeah, I, 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 like, like, I thought that I was, like, that was a good one. I
2: was like, this guy's on fire right yeah. now. Yeah. It's, it's
1: all of a sudden he was a philosopher doing speaking analogies. Yeah, I was, analogies. Yeah, I was <laughs> really liking it.
0: So, You know, the idea is that We have to adjust our mindset and you have to think about what's important to you. Are you just really good at writing insurance or are you an insurance business person? And to the 65-year-old who's done an incredible job building up a great business, I would not even consider autonomous cars. I just, I wouldn't even think about them. It will not impact your life, right? But if you're 35 or 45 and you plan on being in this business another 20 or 30 years, this is something you Take your head out of the sand, look around, start to read the articles. You don't have to become an expert on it, but, but be aware of, this, of, the, of what's coming because this is going to be a tidal wave on personal lines. Think about Nest, right? Think about the sharing economy. We have people who are now buying single-family homes for the sole purpose of renting them out via Airbnb. We I, I,
1: I am right now. I'm looking at a piece of property and and we want to build on the front. And my wife says, I don't want the back. I said, honey, let's just put this on Airbnb. We've went out and done some research and we can make money off of it. We would never do this if it wasn't for Airbnb. We very, people that very are cool.
0: buying up condos and new condo uh, communities across, uh, like buildings around the country. They're, they're not buying a unit. They're buying 20 units and they're not renting them out. They're just putting them on Airbnb. So this is an entirely new way to think about Uh, To think about how you operate your insurance business, how property is sold. Think about if you're a condo owner. Are you, I mean, if you're a condo owner, why sell the units? Just build the building, put the units in place and Airbnb them.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Makes total sense. See, and that's a transformation in a condo owner. That is a completely different way of doing business rather than sitting there trying to get these long-term contracts and go to short-term contracts. What if you went to that person, that condo owner five years ago and said, hey, in the future, you're not going to have month, six months, year or three-year leases. You're going to have daily leases. That person would have looked at you and said, I'm not a hotel. Yes, you are. Joey, go ahead. I know Joey's got a lot to say here.
2: I want to bring it back to what we were talking about, the different companies, the Coverhounds and the um, Insurify, is that what you said? Insurify. Insurify is another one. but They are. I, I, so I, Somebody asked me to come to this conference called InsurTech Connect, and I, I started looking at some of the people that are going to be there, and I started freaking out a little bit. I was like, wait a second, why am I here? This doesn't make sense. But So I started looking into some of these companies and saying, okay, if these guys are the innovators, these are disruptors... What are they doing? And so I was like, well, let's, if I'm going, I need to know what they're doing. And so I started checking out some of them and, and, and Sureify, right? I'm sure you've probably heard of these guys. I mean, again, like you said, we want to, we want to, you know, marginalize it to the lowest common denominator. And yes, they are just a pretty quote engine, right? They've just got a nice interface. And the biggest change that I, I have seen most of these people do have created three options, right? Good, better, best. That's their biggest kind of old school selling old school model. model. But but let's just it, and and one. I think it's dangerous, but I think so. I, I, try, I was like, all right, let's try this out, and and then I tried in SureFize little chat thing. They had a dude like, hey, are you ready to talk? I said, okay, I'll talk to you. They say, well, what's going on? I was like, well, uh, I was just checking out what you guys had. They only had three companies in Ohio, um, and they were like not even close to competitive. And the guys like, well, is there anything I can help you? I was like, well, these are kind of high. They're a lot higher than what I'm paying now. He's like, well, how did you hear about us? So I was like, I was reading some article about you know people that are changing the insurance industry didn't say anything back to me like that's it just like cut and run it's like that's the experience that i got with this you know this leader right what are they doing i guess my point is is like what you're saying and what jason was saying is the technology there because in my head the way that i see it being disrupted or transformation so are we're going to classify these people as innovators i guess in some capacity or they're just iterating on previous business models in the past Um, i don't know if
0: i would consider insurify a disruptor i i actually don't um I think Insurify is a company using technology to try to solve a problem. Um, I have nothing against them. They seem like fairly smart people from the articles I read. I don't know them personally. But uh, I see all these these comparative, these fancy comparative rating models as just another form of uh, kind of insurance distribution platform that will ultimately be uh, kind of consolidated and gobbled up into a larger platform. There are a lot of these guys that aren't doing anything different. I'm not saying every, you know, so, so I think, so here, here's part of the issue, right? There is money to be made from media publications to, to um, trumpify these, these uh, a lot of these quote unquote disruptors, right? So you, you, you graduate from MIT. So I met these two guys uh, from MIT. They started a renter's insurance agency. And they called and they said, you know, uh, we're starting this renter's insurance agency and we're going to disrupt the industry and insurance agents don't know how to market. And they quoted me all these stats (laughs) about premiums that are available. And I said, well, what are you guys doing different? They're like, oh, we know marketing better than anybody. I go, okay, well, what's your, we're going to use PPC marketing to drive people in. I go, people have been doing that for years. What are you talking about? Like. That's not new, and I mean I was nicer to them, but right, in the back of right. my mind, I said yeah, these are been. two MIT schmucks who think because they have a graduate degree that they're smarter than independent insurance agents, and they're going to come into the industry because because you know because they know more than us, so they know more about business. So let's I, I want to pump the brakes just a little bit, right? I've mentioned three companies at the beginning of this that I do think have the potential to be true disruptors. They were Lemonade, they were uh, it was Trove. And it was metro mile let me explain what i think so you guys keep saying i don't think the technology is there again i'm going to go back to my original point the technology has nothing to do with it the technology is absolutely there it's who's going to find the way to marry the technology with the customer experience and okay way i can give that you matches that matches customer expectations i don't I know that. if I mean, that has been done yet
2: i'm gonna well that's what i wanted to jump on after the fact of, of talking about that insurify experience and whoever else the the point is is that uh we talk about this trust and this relationship building, nobody has figured out a way whether or not we want to, we're using technology doesn't exist as a metaphor, I guess, of saying like nobody's put the pieces together, right? They haven't put the puzzle together in the right order. And the idea that, again, the way that, again, I've seen it just in my small little like, my grandma still answers the phone insurance agency is, I put videos online, people watch videos, people build that relationship without me doing anything. And they call me and then the business is done, right? That's much closer, in my opinion, th- to kind of translating that experience. Nobody's figured out a way to put that into their fancy platform, yeah. that, that relationship building. And 100%. the point is, as you said it, Jason, is that nobody likes the way that they buy insurance. And to, to further that point, the way that I see it is insurance shouldn't be something that you have to figure out. Like the information exactly. to properly protect you is already available. It's exactly. just a matter of can we aggregated this is a more of a privacy issue than really anything i think is you know you, you know, we know what your house is worth we know what you know assets and debts that you have you know why can't an insurance company just say this is john smith here's everything based on this we could calculate that here's your total exposure you just have this insurance right like Completely that, 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 that,
1: that, no, but hold on, Ryan, 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 hold your thought. What he's <laughs> saying is exactly my point. And, and, and I know it's got to hold. You got to hold it. It's hard for me. But with InsureFi specifically. Now, once again, we do not uh, sponsor InsureFi. We don't think that they're bad. We don't think they're good. Also, this is Jason Cass speaking. I went on InsureFi <laughs> and I also I did a quote. And I also talked to the CIO of Safeco about this. And so what I did was, is I went through InsureFi. I asked about 10, I answered about 10 to 12 questions that were very basic that anybody would know off the top of their head. It was kind of gamified a little bit. It was really kind of an interesting platform. But after I answered 10 to 12, maybe 15 of these questions, it gave me a list of companies. Unlike uh, Ohio, Illinois, we had like five, six, seven, maybe 10 companies. I don't know. It was a lot. But here was my main thing. Safeco was number one. So I thought to myself, I represent Safeco. I love Safeco. I think Safeco is a fantastic company. I'm not just saying that I'm being very serious. And so I thought I clicked them. Well, after I clicked their their price, I answered like four or five more questions. And boom, I was at the price screen and they were ready for me to put in my checking information. And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the Sam Beep is going on around here? So I went to the CIO, I sit on the Ivans board and I'm for the agency board and I'm sitting there talking to the CIO and I explained this to her at dinner. I said, why in the world do I have to go through 35 questions on my radar, then transfer it over to your, your company's website, then go through every one of those pages, clearing it up and then I get a price. And, and most of it, if the protection class was a four and you said it was a three, or I said it was a three and you say it was a four, now the price goes up $300 after I already gave it to the customer. You come back to me and say, well, you should have known what the protection class was. Let me tell you something, Safeco. Let me tell you something, insurance companies. You never asked me one time as a consumer when I was online what that information was, but you were able to pull it. My question, and to get off my horse is, is that information's out there just like Joey said whenever someone can call my agency and I can ask them a list of and I can just um, ask them questions for five minutes and I'm not talking about questions about risk I'm talking about who they are their lifestyle the type of lifestyle they lead their kids what are they looking for for the future what's the assets they need to protect I need to be able to offer them a quote in the next five minutes and offer them multiple quotes and be able to say maybe this one is this one if you could make it to where I could buy insurance as a professional from a a trusted advisor in five or 10 minutes or less, we would transform or change the industry because everybody and their brother would be like, wow, I get the local and I get the, the quickness. My question to you companies who are listening to this, why is it easier for the consumer to get a quote online than it is for me to quote that consumer? You, by, if you answer that question and you know the justification in your mind, that's great. But as agents out here, we're thinking that you're against us. Jesus. I know, I know. And and I want to say that's not Ryan Hanley speaking and that's not Joey Gingola speaking and I mean that with all my heart. That's Jason Cass and Jason Cass solo. So
0: let me, let me, so you guys said a lot of stuff here. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Both of you have said now people don't like the way they buy insurance. I'm going to push back on that point. I would disagree with you completely. I was
2: quoting Jason. I I didn't say. So I,
0: I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's true. (laughs) I think that there is, I think there's a segment of the population that doesn't like the way they buy insurance and that's why they, they shop and they bounce from place to place. But you're telling me, Cass, you've done business with people that don't like your process? So everyone who does business with you hates your process. That's what you're telling me.
1: Uh, wait, 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 wait. You 80%, said 80% you said of the
0: people,
1: 80%, 80% of the people, I'm going to say hate the situation I have to drive them through in order to get the best product and price for them.
0: Okay. I I also would disagree with that, but th- that's okay, it doesn't matter. There is a portion no. of the population that does not like the way they buy insurance. So let's look at the larger issue here. The larger issue is that most of the time uh, IAs in particular, but then we can do the same thing for Insurify or for Goji or for any of the others, Policy, Policy Genius or, or whoever, is that what we are doing is offering one method, as a company we're offering one method. Whatever method we prefer or we assume is the method that our potential client base wants, that's what we offer. And what I am suggesting is that the true uh, market leader, the company that ends up standing out, whether it's a carrier, whether it's an agent, whether it's a carrier who chooses their VIPs and and helps them grow, whatever the model, right? Uh, Whatever the model ends up being. The winner in this game is going to be someone who embraces access and availability, right? Again, think customer experience first. What, what you're saying, Cass, is that, and I'm not knocking your agency, I know you guys do incredible. No, 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 that's is fine. That that's there fine. are There are certain customer experiences that you cannot provide today for whatever reason right? For whatever reason, there are certain customer experiences you can't provide. There are certain customer experiences you can provide and those Mm -hmm. people love the way you do business and it works perfectly. But for others, there are that you can't provide. It limits your ability to grow. It limits your ability to reach a larger audience and ultimately keeps you from growing as fast as you possibly could or as fast as you may want to. So when we think about this issue, we shouldn't say people don't like the way they buy insurance and You know, and and, and I would even push back on your uh, your question or on your point to the carriers. Um, You know, there are tools that can help you do that. Vertifor can help you do this in their quoting platform. EasyLinks can help you do it in their quoting platform. ITC can help you do it with their quoting platform. Um, M Broker, which is a startup that just launched, is doing this in commercial lines. They're gonna have, they're basically are gonna give agents the ability to log into a back end and go quote to bind all the way rating for like BOP business. Now, very early stage. I don't, I think they're just in beta right now. You can't get to them, but this is ultimately there. they're trying to do BOP quote to bind uh, online for, bro- for agents. So they're gonna work with IAs and, and agents in general. Um, on commercial lines, so they're trying to build that product out. Um, I agree that there is no one easy system, there is absolutely the case where in certain situations based on volume, uh, certain carriers will say, uh, you know, you can assume a thousand feet from a fire hydrant or you can assume this, right, But, Right. but, but remember, remember, that policy is always back underwritten. So even, so, let's say that, um, and I don't mean to keep knocking insurance. Let's let, let, let let's just say in general. Let's say there's a a, just keep a it going
2: Why not just keep it going? Just keep it going. <laughs> um,
0: let's just say that they do have a deal with whoever, um, you know, XYZ insurance company, where there are five pieces of data they get to default, right? What those companies do is in a contract, they say, if you're going to use these as defaults, you have to frontline underwrite that it's actually accurate or close to accurate, and we're going to backline underwrite this policy. So that's what's happened. So think interesting. about this. So when these, when these go through, these companies aren't just, you know, think about your own thing. If you screw up uh, a fire hydrant, right? If you say it's 500 feet from a fire hydrant and really it's not, really that house isn't, what happens? Six months later, that com- uh that insured gets a letter in the mail that says, sorry, but your policy is going up 250 bucks because really you're in a protection class nine and your agent told us you were in a protection class three. Right. it, the same thing is going to happen to them. So, if the comp, I agree that maybe there could be deals struck in different instances where it could be easier to quote to bind. But remember, if you're using defaults, you are setting yourself up for potentially a negative experience after the purchase because that company is still going to send somebody out to look at that house, they're still going to ha- do all the same underwriting they do on every other policy. And if you're putting terrible risks through a defaulted rater, you're alt, you're, you're you're setting yourself up to have the, to have to explain to clients why their premiums went up after you purchased that policy
1: here is the difference the difference is is that and this is where it's crazy every company now is coming out with their own protection classes And so we have one right now, and I'm just at no company or anything, but it was a six. It was in the Raider that way. When we moved it over to the company, it was a six. Well then after they went out and found it, they said, well, because of this or that, which was very minute, to be honest with you, they found out that it was 1100 feet, really 1100 feet. But anyways, (laughs) they moved it from a six to a six X. It drove the premium up 300 and some dollars. And we're like, well, our Raider never told us that. Your damn system never told us that. So it's just those type of things. But hold on. I got one other thing when i'm talking about buying insurance as today here's what's embarrassing we're talking about personal lines a lot and it is embarrassing when like you have to tell somebody that you'll call them back within a couple hours with the quote because you got to wait to find out some from the company it's really really kind of embarrassing in my opinion but here's the other thing insurance on commercial lines and you guys are all out there listening to this you know this I got to start 30 to 90 days out. Do you have any idea? And I'm not saying you guys or anybody. What it's like for me when I'm sitting there in front of my business client, I say, yeah. They're like, well, Jason, my insurance doesn't come due for two months. Yeah, but we got to start now because it'll be lucky if I get you something two weeks before your effective date. And they look at you like. What are you talking about? Now the bops, the easy little things, yeah, I can quote those up in a day, no big deal. But I'm talking about commercial package policies where I actually have to go through underwriting, they actually have to go through rating, then I have to answer seven million questions, which I don't mind answering seven million questions on a commercial risk, because that could be very detailed and very dangerous. I'm serious about that, I don't mind that but the fact that I have to start 30, 60, 90 days out, that blows my mind and that blows business owners minds. I'll say this to add a little bit more. The older business owner, excuse me, the more veteran business owner, that doesn't blow their mind as much like the 20 and 30 year old mind blow uh, who are going what are you talking about dude it's going to take you 3 weeks to get back with me i need something by friday and today's tuesday i should be able to get that wholesaler with 5 cars and 5 employees i should be able to get him a quote by friday if it's today's monday or tuesday that okay i'm done that's what that's what i kind of mean that's no, what i I'm mean.
0: glad that you made that last point because um because that is so this is so I told you I debuted two new presentations two new keynotes this month and one was about millennials and one was about disruption in the industry and that was very strategic because I think that the two two of the two of the issues that um two uh, of of maybe a half dozen or a dozen issues that we're facing that are really going to define and shape the industry moving forward and the millennial mindset I think we still haven't wrapped our brain around the idea that millennials are different, right? They're different. Now, connected generation, I've talked about the connected generation for years. The connected generation, yes. So, So even baby boomers who are connected, who have this mindset, it's like baby boomers and Gen X can have a millennial mindset, can have a connected mindset, but almost all the millennials have that. And here's the thing, for too long, we've pretended like they're perpetually 17 years old. I'm 35 years old, I'm That's a good millennial, point. That's a good I have, you know, and I say this in presentations all the time, I said, I'm 35 years old, I have an 810 credit rating, I have two cars, a house, an umbrella, and in the next few years, I'm gonna start buying toys, right? Who wants me as a client? All the hands go bing, 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 I go, I'm a millennial, I haven't seen any of your marketing. If I was an independent insurance agent, I would never use one of you. <laughs> that's
1: great, right there. That is good. That is good. Right? Yes. I would I, never use one of you.
0: <laughs> I would never use one of you. I wouldn't even know that you exist. I mean, maybe oh I, would gosh, know, I would know I would know a few of the companies, right? I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I would know Safeco. I would know something that life. You know what I mean? I would know some of these that have that do major market advertising. I would know their names, the carriers. I wouldn't know a single independent insurance agent if I wasn't in this industry.
1: So, so before Joey speaks, I want everybody listening right now to back it up about 35 seconds and listen to what Hanley just said again, because that is my agency. That is your agency. And that is, if he's that person and he's that millennial, how is he seeing your message? That, That is just ask yourself that question right now. Be truthful. Look at the wall in your office as you're listening to this and think to yourself, is that me? Joey,
2: go ahead. All right. So I want to clear up the whole people don't like the way they buy insurance thing. First of all, we seem to have all kind of uh, thrown a little fisticuffs on this topic. And the point is, is if you could give somebody the choice of saying, I need to go talk to this person to achieve this result and go through the, like what Jason said, go through that thing. Or if you could just say, I'm responsible, I want to do the right thing. If something bad happens, I want to make sure that whatever I need to have happen is done. Which option are they going to choose? Is my, I'm, is not my
0: I, I'm not sure I understand the two options.
2: Yeah, say it again. Option one: go talk to an independent insurance agent and go through the rigmarole, using an old ter- old right. school term of "all right, what do you, what's this? What's that? What's that?" And, and you got to go through this whole process, whether it's days, weeks, months, whatever it is, you're going through that process. Or you have the choice of saying, "I'm a responsible person. I'm willing to pay whatever it's going to cost. I just this is what I have." Like you guys know, like all of this stuff is r- available. Just, I don't, I don't want to have something bad happen and find out, oh, whoops, this, this didn't happen. Let's just be covered, right? Like, let's, like, if they could just do that, they just want it handled, right? They're buying something they hope they never use. They just want it to be handled. And I guess, I feel like we're so far away from delivering that experience. That's, that's the point that I get when I say like, they don't like the way that they do it. Yes, we make it enjoyable because that's been our job and we've learned how to make it enjoyable for them. But if they had to choose what they're going to do, I don't think they would pick that any day of the week. So
0: you're saying do-it-yourself versus using an agent? Is that what you're comparing? I'm
1: I'm saying not even – all right, so – He walks into my office. He says, hey, I'm Joey, and here's my wife, and I basically can just go, la, 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 la. boom, here's you just covered. You're just covered. Is that what you're saying, Joey? Like you're just covered. Your home's covered. Your auto's uh, can't, covered. Can't,
2: right, I mean, right. I mean, so it's just the idea that, again, all of the information is available. Machine learning algorithms, like I'm, I'm assuming technology is available to mm-hmm. – aggregate this data you know calculate the risk and say okay here's what you have here's what you here's what you need and they say seven hundred dollars okay done see you later goodbye right uh that when i say the technology is not there that's what i mean when i, I say agree. the technology is not there to, i to agree right, that let me experience. push back on but, that again hold, hold i'm hold on, gonna say this right now
1: hold on we have to wrap up so i'm gonna let joey continue and then hanley's gonna wrap up because we yeah. have to get out of here
2: the the only thing that I want to point to as an example, so I came across a company called Root Car Insurance. Anybody familiar with these guys? Yeah, I am not. They're based in Columbus, Ohio, which is right down the street for me, apparently. And I don't know if this works or not, but they're essentially a company that is an iPhone app. They're only an iPhone app, from what I can tell. You just download the app. It 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 it. Um, it, it monitors your driving, much like progressive snapshot whatever the other guys they all have their fancy names for it. But basically you just you just and this is going to come back to what Ryan said about, you know, he's he's got his 810 credit score, he's got a wife, he's got two kids, he's got two cars, he's going to buy his yacht here in a couple months and all soon. that fun stuff. Really and soon. and their whole pitch is is in talking about millennials the re- the way you have to save on your insurance is to do all those things, right? You have to be married with a house and a couple cars, a couple kids. Their thing is, is well the only thing you have to do to save on your car insurance is just be a good driver and you download our app. Like millennials are not getting married as fast as maybe some of us that are on the older side of the millennial generation and 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 they're they're presenting they have created a whole company designed to fit that lifestyle where it's not a policy per se of here's 100 300 and this is what you should have and all that garbage that they don't understand anyways is my point. It's download the app and and again I'm not sure the specifics on how it works but Again, I think the concept is there, and that's just my kind of example to my crazy thoughts. I
1: like that. What was the name of that company, real quick? It's called Root Car Insurance. Okay, okay. Hanley, go ahead, brother. Yeah. I know I, we we all have to go, so I'm going to let Hanley wrap this <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah.
0: So, so, there's a couple things. Um, what you're dis- so uh, what you're discussing is uh, the idea of individual rating, right? So, for those, who for anyone who's listening that doesn't understand how most personal lines rating works, is um carrier for, for good reason looks at all the stats they have and the history of everything they have and they say people who are married on average put in less claims or what you know the actuaries come out with a thing and they say okay if you're married we know they're based on statistics that uh, we can charge a100 dollars less for this policy and um, we're most likely still going to make money on it okay that, that's the reason that they do that. Joey brings up an incredible point, right? And it goes mm-hmm. back to the idea of millennials, and it's that millennials are getting married seven years older on average than the baby boomer generation. Seven years older. Wow. Than the baby had boomer. no idea it was that we much. We are currently at the lowest home ownership rate in like four decades because wow. baby boomers are not baby boomers. Millennials aren't are buying homes set uh, nine years later than than uh, I think it's nine. Don't quote me on that second stat. Uh, but it but, makes sense. But we are at the lowest homeownership ownership rate because they're renting, right? So, so think about this. So one, the idea of individual rating, right? And that is where a company like Root comes from, a company like Metromile, pay what you drive, right? You have, they take your car into account like any other company would, but then they don't just say, well, what are you going to write? What, what are you going to drive? They say, okay, if you have a Tahoe, we know that Tahoes are, bup, 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 you know, comp and collision, um, so your rate is thirty-seven cents per mile. I'm, I'm just I'm just grossly generalizing. Thirty-seven cents per mile. So you know that every mile you drive, as long as it's driven within the the uh, aspects of good driving, so your driving ability, how hard you brake and speeds and stuff, uh, how hard you fast you accelerate, come into place, and uh, you get a rate for that, and it's based on what you drive. So if you only drive a thousand miles uh, a year. Um, you pay significantly less for someone who owns the same exact car who drives $10,000 or 10,000 miles where with most companies that would not be the case. You would pay the exact same premium. Okay. So that's the idea of individual. Individual rating is an enormous issue. Um, it, is, it is so much more complex than we would like it to be. But there are imagine. companies like Metro Mile and Route that are doing that. The other thing I'd like to say. I didn't is, say
2: I wasn't being a diva and demanding that, Ryan. I, right? I No, I know I that. that. I know. No, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I know I that. Agree. But uh, Cass likes to give carriers a hard time, so I have to I have to push back. <laughs> I um, So the other side is, uh, like, look at what Google Compare did. Right? So Google Compare was able to let you press a button and suck in all your personal information all the way to a quote, which then you had two options for those that don't. Remember, Google Compare uh, closed uh, back in the spring, um, but for about a year and a half, they had a uh, platform which allowed you to, um, uh, it was called Google Compare Auto Insurance. So they had a bunch of carriers on there, and you had two options. You would suck all your information in, you'd get this list of quotes, you would choose the one you wanted. You then were given two options. Bind online, as long as that carrier had the feature, which most of them did, or talk to a human being. 8% 8% of all the business that went through. How much? How much? Eight. 8%. 8%. Eight. I didn't know
1: if you said 80. 8 no, 8%.
0: Okay. Bound online. Uh, bound online. 46% of the business that closed was, or the close ratio for business that, sorry, I messed this up. 8%. There was an 8% close ratio on bind online business. There was a 46%. Uh, close ratio on talk to a human. Wow! And the idea is that um, they 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 were the closest that I've seen, and and still way far away. Um, and really, the reason that they failed is because they forgot about content marketing. Um, sure. uh, but they they, um, they they were the closest to marrying that. They had this really great front end but then ultimately still got you to that human being that built the respect and trust and, uh, and relationship, yes.
2: So, why? Why is it 46 to eight?
0: Because in the insurance, so again, this is me, those numbers are again, those aren't actually like official statistical numbers, those right. are in different But they're boxes. close enough to yeah. prove the point. um, um anecdotal from, from them. Uh, so this is actually the inference that was made out of this, is that today's insurance consumer, right? So again, we're going back to customer expectations, which yield a customer, which then you then build a customer experience around. Today's insurance consumer wants to learn for themselves. They wanna feel empowered. They want access and availability to people on their terms, whether it's 9 a.m., 9 p.m., 3 a.m., you know, 12.30 in the afternoon. They wanna call back very quickly Right? So one of the requirements that Google Compare had was you had to have someone answer the phone and call them back. You could not take a message and call them back in three days uh, when you felt like it. You had to call them back, right? Um, that, that if you were available, that you were easy to get a hold of, that they could do all the research up front, that they, whatever their level of research they need to do could be done, when they reach that point, to close the deal. They still wanted to hear a human voice to validate, to validate that there was someone there, right? This is, and I'm not saying that this idea will not change in the future as we become more comfortable with these platforms, but today's insurance consumer still wants to hear there's a human being behind the phone. I am not buying something from a machine. And uh, I think that's a very important point.
1: Very good point. Joey, any last
2: words? Well, see, I think I think you can't ask a question.
1: You can only state your no, opinion. No, Got
2: to wrap well, it up. Right. Well, I, well, I wanted, to, I wanted, to, I wanted Ryan to answer that because I think that's important for everyone to hear. I was going to tell him if he didn't give me the right answer, but good thing he came through and gave the right <laughs> answer. Um, the the uh, the the point is, is okay. So I think that's a very very short window that we're going to exist in, right? Because how many people for the longest time said. I'm not gonna buy those shoes online because they're not gonna fit and I need to go to the store and try them on. Ah, good good comparison. We've, we've we've reconditioned ourselves. We've and again, I don't even know if that's the best example. I would say they're just not comfortable enough. They haven't been given enough validation. Again, that voice. It's we're asking ourselves the question, how do they need to hear that voice? And and again, I, I come back to the whole idea of video, right? Like how do we I'm not saying that just a bunch of YouTube videos is the answer, but I'm saying there's there's a, there's an automated process somewhere in there that that brings that physical human being into it more on the front end. So they already have that validation. So they're comfortable hitting the button. I'm not saying this is tomorrow. I'm not saying this is next year. I'm saying this is, this is what it's going to be at some point. I
0: agree. Closing thought, closing thought. The fact that claims have to be paid for damaged property, in some cases, ruined lives, I think is going to slow what you said versus something like banking or shoes in Zappos's case, or computers in Apple's case. I I agree with you. I do think the timetable is going to be longer because when your house burns down, a human being has to determine whether it was arson, it was an accident, whether it was something that was covered on the policy. And because of that human factor that it's not an absolute, it's not an absolute because you know, the fire could have been started in 17 different ways and three of those ways aren't covered under the policy. And then there has to be a determined made by the company, even though that's not technically covered, are we still going to cover it because of, but, but, but? I mean, there's, so, I think that piece is going to slow the transition of what you just described, but I absolutely agree with you. I'm done.
1: Yeah, we're done and we, and we have to. And I appreciate everybody for joining us. I mean, seriously, this was not an agent's influence podcast. It wasn't an insurance in your words or agency nation. It was a way for us to come together and kind of give you a pretty in-depth conversation. And the thing I liked about this the most guys is that I was talking to two other people who are directly involved in the insurance industry who just have nothing but care for it. One thing I'm going to say that what Joey closed with and what Ryan closed with is I think there's one word that sums it all up and it's trust. You said that you, the consumer of the past, used to you know not want to buy the shoes because they didn't know if they'd fit. But after a while, they trusted the fact that if they ordered it, shoe sizes were generally correct, and that they were trusting that that's the product they would get. After doing it for five, ten years now, we're completely comfortable with that, and I think that trust is the number one thing, and hence. We're trusted choice agents. So I'm going to close it out there. This is uh, I just appreciate everybody. And and one and one or maybe two. I'm going to give you two sentences or less. Close up with what your thought is, Ryan Hanley.
0: Oh, we build your business around customer experience, and all technology, all processes, all people decisions, all sales decisions, all marketing decisions can be made through that lens.
1: That that's I'm serious. That's good shit right there. To go. I,
2: I'm, that's good stuff right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joey. I'm surprised I made it an entire hour without giving Ryan a hard time about a pop collar you are right for all you guys once again we
1: are on live TV and he is popping his collar and that is a New England thing I guess because we don't do that in the rest don't of America I live in
0: New England I live in New York State
1: which is old New Year. old New England <laughs> anyways hey guys I appreciate everything uh, be sure to tune in for Agency Nation Radio where can they find out more about Agency Nation Radio Ryan I know they're listening to it but maybe they got this on iTunes where can they find out
0: uh, you can get more uh, agencynation.com forward slash podcast you can find all our episodes Um, And I just quick shout out, make sure you listen to these two other podcasts. If you're an Agency Nation listener, you will not be disappointed. That's
1: exactly right. And also remember, if you're not involved in Trusted Choice, you need to be. And I'm very, very serious about
2: that. Ryan Joey, where can they find your podcast? Uh, Growprogram.com slash podcast. Uh, They got that and Agents Influence, which is your fine piece of work. That is correct. So gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. This is long overdue and we are
1: out. Pond
0: five. New. five.